scripture reading today is Genesis 11, 31 to 12, 3. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and then he died in Haran. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Thank you, Carol. Good morning. And a joy to be in church this morning. Uh, and always wonderful for us to have our whole family here. And they are indeed this morning. Marg and I are quite delighted to have our youngest daughter here this morning uh, from Michigan. When we go to Michigan, we visit in their church. And Ange, welcome to our church, TCC. And uh, so wonderful. Our house is kind of going like this these days, and it's a lot of fun. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you. We have an opportunity to look into your word this morning, to think about your will for our lives, to think about where you might be leading us, to think about what might be next, Lord, and uh, we, we want to obediently follow you for whatever is next. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you in this place today. Amen. Well, have you uh, watched any good movies lately? Have you uh, read any good books this summer? After we watch a movie or read a book, we usually feel the need to comment on it. Someone says, what did you think of the book? And we try to express what we're feeling about the, the book. And maybe our thoughts even aren't quite together yet, but we have some sort of sense of what we, we feel about it. Did it connect with us? Could we enter into the movie or into the book? The bottom line of a movie or a book that connects with us is what we call the storyline, the storyline. What is the storyline of the movie? What is the storyline of the book? Where is it going? And is it written in such a way that we can all go there as well? Ah, oh, the book is so good. The movie is so good. We say, I could see that again and again. I just loved it. Someone scored big time on the storyline, a great storyline, and a presentation that brought the storyline to life. I read a book some time ago uh, that uh, I told somebody else I was reading and I thought I would like it and when I started to read it, I didn't like it. Uh, I wanted to quit, but because I said I was reading it, I kept, I kept reading it. And I wondered why I was reading it, because it wasn't getting through to me, but I couldn't stop. And the further I went, the more I began to change my mind that maybe I did like this book. And maybe I was getting a message from it. Don Miller wrote it. 
a million miles in a thousand years. And all I was hearing was, how are you going to write the story of your life? How are you going to write the story of your life? And here is how God is helping me to write my story, was Don's words. And I realized again that every one of us has a storyline. And we all have an assignment in life to write our own story and to find our way into the storyline of as many people as we possibly can. Those within our sphere of influence and those that the Lord may catapult us out of our sphere of influence into new territory. So I want to give you two thoughts this morning, and they'll be quite brief, relatively speaking, or pastorally speaking, (laughs) or maybe, but I pray that you'll consider them in a fresh way. Number one, God wants to write a great story in your life. Yes, he does. God wants to write a great story in your life. You uh, remember the account of Abraham that Carol read for us this morning in the uh, rather famous introduction of this man. We no sooner hear the mention of his name in the last few verses of Genesis 11 before we enter into the storyline of his life. Listen to it. The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. God is saying to Abraham, I'm going to write a story for you. I have you as the main character in the story. And I want you to be willing to do your part. First of all, it means leaving leaving your home country. That could be hard. It means leaving your friends. It means leaving your family. And God is saying, and allow me to take you on a journey. Now, you've never been to the place where I'm I'm going to bring you. And I'm going to show it to you, and the story of your life will be written in this new place as you follow me in obedience. And the book of Hebrews tells us that by faith, Abraham obeyed and he went even though he did not know where he was going. That's Hebrews 11:8. He had no map. He had no AMA brochure. He had no lineup of motel reservations along the way. His caravan simply headed west toward the Mediterranean, and that was that. And God said he would show him where to stop sometime in the future. But until he was told to stop, just keep going. And he would finally get to the place where God had want, wants him to be. Now, we would struggle with this, wouldn't we? Not only in our vacation travel. I mean, how many of you need to have a little structure even on vacation? But certainly in guiding our careers. Certainly in guiding our churches. I mean, we simply have to have a comprehensive plan. We've got to get that on paper. Anyone here need a little structure in your life? You're, you're very structure-oriented. It would be nice to know what's happening, Lord. Abraham didn't have a clue. If you met up with his caravan at some oasis, the conversation might have gone like this. Mr. Abram, where are you going? I don't know. 
Well, how will you know when you get there? I don't know that either. God only said he would show me. Well, you have quite an entourage here. When you do arrive, who will supply all the food that you need? After all, if you're going to survive in a new place, what are you going to eat? Who's going to provide it for you? I don't know. He just said he'd take care of me. You don't seem to have a security force. I mean, who, who's going to protect you from the Jebusites and the Hittites and the Amorites and all the rest of the warring tribes? And Abraham would just shake his head and say, I don't know. Just doing what I'm told. I really hadn't seen this before, but I had to spend a moment or two musing about it. The father of Abraham was who? Terah. Verse 31 of chapter 11 of Genesis says that one day Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarah, and his grandson Lot and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was headed towards where? The land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. And Terah lived for 205 years and died while still in Haran. What I muse about this is the fact that I wonder if the call of God to go to the land of Canaan was also on Terah, the father of Abraham. I don't know that. And I wonder if he became a little reluctant to allow God to finish the best storyline of his life. Because those little words, but they stopped at Haran. It's almost to say they meant to stop for just a break. But when they stopped, they couldn't get going again. And they really did settle in. And Terah died there. I can't help but ponder if Terah had more to the storyline of his life than he allowed. Was it fear? Was it complacency? What was it that kept him from moving forward? What's, what stopped him in Haran? So chapter 12 begins with a new startup. <coughs> Excuse me. A new story. This is the story of Abraham. And this is the story of God working in Abraham's life. And what a story he's going to write in Abraham's life. He's going to write a story that, well, keeps getting told even till today, all these thousands of years later. My point is this, that God has a story to write in your heart. You're as special as Abraham is. We're constantly looking for what that might be. We don't see it from where we sit today, but we believe that our lives were created for purpose and for the fulfillment of God's hand upon us. For the fulfillment of God's hand upon us. Now, the most natural thing in the world for me would have been to be a farmer. I was raised on a farmer, and it's as on the farm. That's my context. That's where I grew up. But I never felt that that would be the direction of my life. Because of what I was hearing from God on the inside of my life, in my heart. But for my brother, farming was a major part of his life story. And I think some of his best dreams and direction 
from God came to his life through his vocation. It doesn't matter the vocation, the calling, as long as it flows in the direction of God's call upon our lives and where we sense God is leading us. And God was writing a different story for my life and simply asking me to follow. I had no idea what it really looked like. And I'm so glad that we don't get a picture way down the road. I don't think I'd be in ministry today if I could have seen it all. But you kind of just get a glimpse. You get a kind of a big picture, but it's pretty fuzzy. Pretty fuzzy. It's pretty vague. Uh, But you kind of see a big picture, and then you just kind of go a little scroll turns at a time. God will give you the big storyline of your life, and then he will write the chapters to your storyline one by one. He will write them. He'll write them. And you're never finished the storyline until God calls you home. He will give you dreams and perspectives that are beyond your years. Abraham pursued a city he would never see. David desired to build a temple. He was not permitted to build. Paul desired to go to Spain and preach the gospel. I don't know if you ever got there. God will always give you a mandate greater than you can fulfill. God doesn't want us to stay in Haran and settle down to complacency and less than the dream for your life. God's story is different for all of us. Isn't that a good thing? I can't tell you the dream for your life. I can just say, don't settle for less. When you have a sense of what you can accomplish in your lifetime, it is your goal, it is your heart. And staying in Haran will will be mediocre. God said to Abraham, I'm going to take you on a journey. And you won't see all the pieces to the puzzle, but they will come together, trust me. So what a challenge to move out, to leave every relationship that might hold you back or entangle you or remind you of your life before the God story in your life. Yes, forgetting those things which are behind, I press on to the mark of the high call of God that is in Christ Jesus. That's the Apostle Paul. That was Paul. Allowing God to write into his life. He was saying, oh, all my past, I leave it behind. I, now I'm going to press on to the high call of God that's in Christ. Yes, to a land I will show you. God did not even tell him about the land. Did you notice that? Whether the land was good or barren, hot or cold, north or south. The promise was veiled as a future promise of another revelation. As if to say, you're not ready to see it until you prepare yourself through obedience. As if to say, you are not ready 
to, to see this until you prepare yourself through obedience. God has a story for you. It's a wonderful story because, well, because we have a wonderful God. It could be nothing less than a wonderful story because we have a wonderful God. Does it mean you'll be pa- packing up and heading out to another, another country? Maybe not. But for most of us, uh, probably not. Uh, for some, maybe. Maybe. story might unfold right where you live. Although be prepared that in some cases, it could even be geographical. The story of God is our openness to travel with Him. To say like Mary, be it unto me as you have said, to be the mother of our Lord. She said yes. Abraham said yes. Samuel said yes. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. What are the dreams that you have? Where could that take your life? And what a journey it is. What about the next chapter? Oh, I'm excited for the next chapter. I love his storyline. And I'm excited. I'm excited for the next chapter. We could talk a little bit uh, now about TCC and some next chapters. Uh, we will start our, our third year in our new building. It uh, seems like we just turned the key, actually, to me. We're starting year three, September. And God is leading us to a new chapter. We don't want to stay in Haran. We want to hear the voice of God. We want to hear the voice of God. We want to go another step. A couple steps. More. But let's not go there this morning. Let's talk about us individually. Let's talk about us individually. A new chapter for you. This fall, perhaps. This year, perhaps. The Holy Spirit doesn't want you to stay in Haran. He has a new chapter. And he's writing in your heart. Uh, and the word that came to me this week for you is the word blossom. Blossom. Many of you are going to blossom this year. You're going to say to Heron, I can't stay here any longer. I hear the voice of God. And I must obey. Some of you have come for a period of time. You've heard about beginning a journey with Jesus Christ. You've experienced a peace here and a peace there. And maybe you haven't even put it all quite together as the picture. But this year... I believe you'll actually start the journey. And it'll be a leap. It'll be a leap of faith. You've been analyzing. You've been trying to figure out who God really is and does he want to really want a relationship with you and would he really choose me and am I being brainwashed with all of this so that I can have a relationship with God and he could meet my deepest needs? Can I find my purpose in a relationship with Jesus Christ? And you'll come to a point one day where you say, I'm going to take a leap of faith. You say, I'm going for it. I'm going to ask Jesus Christ to be the one who actually takes the steering wheel of my life. And I'm going to say yes to him. And I'm going to trust him to forgive my past. Cleanse me. And I'm going to ask him to give me a new start. 
And you're going to pray a prayer of surrender. You're going to say, Lord, here's my life. I trust you. I believe you. I'm going to commit myself to you. I've been holding back. But I know you gave your life for me on a cross to forgive my sin. So I ask you to forgive my sin. And now I ask you to move into the driver's seat of my life. And I ask you to be my leader. And I wholeheartedly say yes to you. Some of that is going to be so clear to you. And I'm excited for that. And some of you, upon believing, are, are going to blossom by being baptized. This is a huge step for you. You've been battling it because it moves you out of your comfort zone. It moves you out of your teaching. It moves you out of your tradition. And, but God is writing his story in your heart. And he is freeing you from your fear. He's going to free you from your desire to stay in the comfort, your comfort zone And he's going to move you into new spiritual territory. And baptism will be freeing for you to take the next steps in your journey. You kind of got stuck over in Haran on the issue of baptism, but no more. Baptism is simply saying yes to Jesus Christ. We won't make this complicated theology. It's just saying yes to Christ. Yes, he's my savior and my leader, and I'm committed to follow him. And this I do in faithful obedience to his call in my life. And I step forward to declare his lordship in my life. And I do it publicly through baptism. It's my outward confession of faith. That's wonderfully liberating so that you can gain some more territory. Because you're being obedient. And it's a choice for the next chapter of your life. God is writing a story in your heart and he's taking you to the next chapter. Don't you think it must have been a little nerve-wracking for Abraham to wonder, where is God taking me? But don't you think it was also very exhilarating? It was an adventure for him. It must have pushed him out of his comfort zone. What's the next chapter in your life? Do you need to find a pathway in your life that prompts you to grow in your journey? Do you need to find something that works for you in terms of feeding your spiritual life? Are you tired of Haran, of going for days and weeks without spiritual refreshment? How do you self-feed? The blossom is beautiful when you say to God, teach me from your word. Help me enter into a relationship with you where I can experience your heart with guidance and and teach me to hear you. Teach me to, to hear your word. Teach me to hear your voice in my next chapter. Teach me to hear you. Some of you are going to blossom in a small group context. You've been nervous about that, but you can see that as a next step to get to know some people, to grow, to rub shoulders with people who are also growing. And you're going to grow because you're in community. And some of you are going to blossom by finding your sweet spot in ministry. Translated, finding an area of ministry that's totally you. And every time you serve there, you walk away saying, I felt so used of God. My heart just is soaring. I felt like I made a difference. And some of you are going to blossom by saying yes to the call of God for a specific ministry. It might mean some training. It might mean equipping. It might mean going down the road here and and rolling at Taylor at the seminary. Or it might be a different kind of equipping. 
I just say move out of Haran and get the training. Get going. What an adventure that lies before you. And some of you are going to be healed of past hurts. And this year you're going to get back on the road again. You had a wallop. You had something in your life. Wow, it hurt. It hurt a lot. And it sidetracked you. But God's gonna, God has been healing you of that. And this year you get back on the road again. And God is going to use you in a powerful way. God has done his work and now he releases you back to your calling. Friends, may you, may you blossom. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. The picture reminds me of Psalm 1. Secondly, God wants to use your storyline to write into the hearts of the people around you. He wants to use your storyline to write into the hearts of people around you. Uh, just like Abraham, God's going to bless, and he's going to make you a blessing. But listen for how true this is in Abraham's life. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Wow. And I like the next sentence. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed him. It's like, I get it. Okay, Lord, yes. When you allow God to write his story in your life, you play a, a role of great significance in the lives of people around you. You see, because when God blesses you, you become a blessing to others. Abraham, at the end of his life, could look back and see that this story was a, was, was a story that was filled with adventure. But what a story he brings to the world. Not just him. What a story he brings to the world. He was faithful. He was courageous. He was a man of faith. And our lives are better because of, of him. God has put some people in your sphere of influence. And they're particularly in your influence for a reason. You know that, folks, you know this. There is a generation that is growing up that sees the relevance of the church of Jesus Christ as not being for them at all. And it takes the wisdom of God and the love of God to reach our generation. We made a philosophical choice 11 years ago to come alongside of our community in Twilliger Town. We come, came alongside to hear their story, not to judge their story or to set their story aside, but to hear their story and to enter into it. But we enter into it with our story as well. And God, through his grace, has his blessing upon this church, upon TCC. And he's given us favor in the land of Twilliger Town. And he's allowing us to write our story there. And he's allowing you to write the story of God in your life into the people particularly who are in your sphere of influence. Making the best choices for the next chapter. I heard someone say that their intent in the coming months is to give their children a blessing every day. Intentionally. To give your children a blessing every day. What about that? Maybe giving your whole family a blessing. Maybe giving your extended family a blessing. Did you ever think um, about what you want folks to say at your funeral? <laughs> I think about Barnabas 
I think about Barnabas. I wonder, we were to a very meaningful funeral this week, Pastor Norb and I, and as we, as Nathan was laid to rest. I think of Barnabas. And a man gets up to speak, and it's the Apostle Paul. And he says, I persecuted the church. I put followers of Jesus to death and in prison. Nobody trusted me. But then Barnabas came along, put his arm around me, and said, I'll vouch for him. And Paul would have said, I stand before you this day because of Barnabas. Then John Mark gets up. He's an old man by now, and people nudge each other. There's Mark. He's the, he's the writer of the, of the gospel. He's famous. He says, the truth about me is I was a quitter. I had run away from Jesus in ministry, but Barnabas wouldn't give up on me. He saw something in me, and I don't know why or what he saw. And he took me under his wings and said, I'll vouch for him. And I'm here today because of a man called Barnabas. And then a Greek guy from Antioch gets up, and he says, I was so lost, it's not even funny. Then I heard about Jesus, and I wanted in, but I didn't know Torah, and I could never be Jewish, and I didn't fit. But then Barnabas came along, and he said that Jesus became came for a guy like me. And he put his arm around me and he said, I'll vouch for him. And I'm, I'm here today because of this man, Barnabas. Then an old widow stands up and nobody nudges anybody else because she's not famous. She says, I lost everything. When my husband died, I had no income. I had young children. I didn't know if I'd make it. And then Barnabas came along and he quietly sold his own property so that I could have something to live on and I could feed my children. And I'm here today because of Barnabas. Look at how Barnabas impacted people in his storyline. God wants to use your storyline to write into the hearts and lives of others, making the best choice for the next chapter of your life, the chapter where you are blessed of God and where you are a blessing to others. What a year ahead. You ready? You ready? You have my attention. Worship team is going to sing that in just a moment uh, with us. Uh, you have my attention. We trust that we have his attention and he has our attention. So would you stand with me, please? <clears throat> Father God, we would say yes. We would say yes to your storyline. We would say yes to you as the leader of our lives. We would say move us to the next chapter. Move to Williger Community Church to the next chapter for us as a body. Move our leaders to the next chapter. And Lord, uh, move our congregation. Every person here today, Lord, Lord, might there be just a, a, a new sense that you're writing in our hearts. And we're all included. I'm so glad for that. Lord, you've included all of us. So have our attention. You have our attention. Minister to us, Lord, in Jesus' name.